This is the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast with Andy Hill, session number three. This is the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, where we help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. If you want to have your best marriage, an excellent relationship with your kids, and want to win with money, you're in the right place. My name's Andy Hill, and I'll be your host today. I'm excited to tell you we have Clint Edwards on the show today. Clint is a writer, an author, and mostly a guy who just tells you how it is really when it comes to marriage and kids. His brand of honest, raw, and hilarious writing has been featured in Fast Company, Washington Post, New York Times, Huffington Post, and even Good Morning America. Clint is currently a staff writer at Scary Mommy. If you haven't checked out Scary Mommy and you have crazy kids like I do, it is a great place to laugh and keep your sanity through parenthood. For the past year, I've been a big fan of Clint's blog called I Have No Idea What I'm Doing, a daddy blog. Again, another excellent place for parental levity. Late last year, Clint put out a book called This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. It's a series of short, funny stories about Clint's life as a parent. I honestly frightened some fellow passengers of mine on a plane recently with how loud I was laughing while reading this book. If you have kids and a sense of humor whatsoever, you will think this book is priceless too. Okay, everyone, let's jump into our conversation with Clint Edwards. So what's up, Clint? Hello, Andy. I'm in beautiful Lou- Louisville. I think that's how you say it, right? Louisville, like L-U-L. <laughs> so, uh, Clint, uh, can you tell uh, everyone a little bit about yourself and uh, what you what you get yourself into and the messes you get yourself into? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. I uh, I am the author of No Idea What I'm Doing, a Daddy Blog. Uh, I also have a book out called This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. Parenting, marriage, and madness. Uh, I don't blog all that much on my blog anymore. I mostly write for. I'm a staff writer for Scary Mommy, one of two male staff writers, and I also uh, write pretty regularly for for Disney's Babel. Um, but mostly, I'm just a dad with three kids. Uh, I have a, a nine year old son who's really really lazy. Uh, but he's a cool kid for the most part. And my daughter is very, uh, Nora, she's very kind of snapper fingers in charge. And, and then she's, uh, seven and I have a two year old that's basically a wild raccoon. Um, and my wife, uh, we've been married for 12 years, happily, uh, at least, at least 60% of that time. I think <laughs> the other percentage is, is, you know, they say that uh, you know the what is it for better or worse? I think sometimes the better comes after the worse. <laughs> I, I I can relate, my friend. I can relate absolutely. Sure. So um, the 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 blog that you have, the I have no idea what I'm doing. So as a young father, I can completely relate to the title. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so how did you how did you get started with the blog with the site? How did how did that all begin for you? 
Well, uh, so the, the, the title is No Idea What I'm Doing, and I, it was kind of tongue-in-cheek because my father wasn't around very much. He was uh, kind of in and out of my life, locked up. Uh, he died pretty young from alcohol and drug addiction, and so I felt like I really had no idea what I was doing. But um, for the most part, you know, when you have kind of a crappy family situation, uh, you try and bring some humor into it. It's really the best way to handle it. And so that's, you know, it, it ended up being this kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of funny thing. But, you know, I actually started out um, as a – I have an MFA in creative writing, uh, and I really wanted to do the literary thing. And, and I got to grad school and was just getting rejected all over the place. I mean, I, I, I published in a few, you know, lit mags and stuff, but no one read them. And, uh, and so I wrote this essay about my kids uh, when I was a stay-at-home dad. Uh, for about three, four months, and uh, posted on this old blog that I ran for, you know, a undergraduate project, and it got like a thousand views or something. And and at the time, I was like a thousand views, like my mind just exploded because <laughs> um, I mean, the last journal I published in, I think, had like a circulation of two hundred, um, and who knows who read it. You know, I mean, how often do you read the Baltimore Review, Andy? Absolutely, very, very rarely, sir. Very rarely, exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, so I was like, well, maybe the maybe I'm onto something. And so I I decided to post on that blog five days a week for a year. And in that time, I I ended up on the Huffington Post, which led to the New York Times, which led to the Washington Post, and then I was on Good Morning America. It was a big year. Um, uh, I don't know if I've had one quite since. But uh, just started writing about my family, and I guess I found my muse, which they never stopped giving me material, that's for sure. Absolutely. So, so talk about that material a little bit. So you've had great coverage, and you're a staff writer now with, um, with Scary Mommy. What, what kind of stories or content are you sharing with these, with these articles? You know, uh, I mean, I try to think I have a range, you know, of humor and seriousness. But, you know, I think I, think I just, uh, at this stage in my writing... I try really hard to show that family is about partnership and marriage, uh, and and I'm pretty candid. I want to make sure that people know that family and and like kids, kids are great, you know, but they suck at the same time. And I'm really tired all the time, and I'm always sticky. Uh, I think a parent's default setting is sticky, <laughs> um, and and I'm always. Uh, you know, I love my wife, but at the same time, all we do is talk about the kids. I mean, these are the things I write about. Um, you know, I write about uh, what I like to say to people uh, and how they feel about parenting, but never really do. Um, those sorts of that. You know, in a nutshell, it's just it's it's a very I think candid way of looking at, at family, and it's from a father's perspective. And um, you know, I mean, I really really love my kids, but that doesn't make it any any less challenging or exhausting or, or wet. I think that's probably why you've been so popular or at least, at least I'm, uh, I've, I've been a big fan is, is because sometimes you get the, uh, the squishy lovey dovey stuff that's on these blogs or on these articles about how perfect your life can be, but your brand of reality is quite refreshing. Uh, well, you know, the blogosphere. <laughs> what I don't like is in those, I mean, there are good moments. And then sometimes I, I write the, the happy squishy, uh, 
Mm-hmm. But reading that sort of stuff makes me feel like I'm failing as a parent because you know? <laughs> I'm like looking at their lives and thinking, man, this is uh, really, really polished. It's kind of like when I see just the right angle in somebody's selfie on Facebook. You know, right. it's like, wow, look at those hardwood floors. You know, my goodness, their house is clean. But behind, I mean, behind that selfie, you know, I'm, I guarantee there's a sink full of dishes. <laughs> I am certain that some kid has left their Spider-Man underwear with like a little bit of a brown smudge just sitting on the dinner table because that's what parenting is that's family that's the reality you are you are absolutely right my friend so so you you you've been working on you worked on the site originally and you got some traction uh when when did you decide writing a book about uh, these experiences was a good idea i loved it by the way i i spent uh I, i travel a lot for my job so i'm on the plane a lot and um uh, I was sitting next to this woman uh, reading the book, and I think I scared her from uh, her sleep uh, by the <laughs> amount of laughter I was having. So, oh, that's so, great. so tell me, uh, so tell me, what, why did you decide to, to write the book? Well, I always wanted, you know. So I, I always, when I got into college and, and chose English, you know, I always wanted to uh, write a book, and that was kind of the main goal originally was to try and turn these essays, these blog posts, into something, you know, substantial that I could, you know, if if you put it in a bucket, it would make a thud. Although ultimately it did end up um, mostly selling e-copies. So Mm -hmm. uh, here we are. But yeah, I just, uh, that was the whole goal from the beginning was to try and put it into something. And, um, you know, it's funny too, because publishing is so weird now, blogging, all of it. The internet has changed so many things. And it's not like, uh, it's not like it, it used to be where you would send your book out and your manuscript and you would and get an agent and a publisher and, and, and I mean there's still some of that but there's so many other options now and when I started not being able to get through with, with agents and traditional publishing I just went ahead and ran a kickstart um, and through my site when, which wasn't all that big at the time I was able to raise you know almost 10 grand wow. uh, to publish the thing and um, it was it's so far it's been you know really well received um, uh, most people seem to really like it so yeah, I mean it's 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 but it, it just kind of came together. It's what I always wanted to do, and now I'm working on another one. Excellent. So with the the blog and and working uh, with these other um, sites like Scary Mommy and the books, um, is is the goal to do this full time? Are you already doing that? Or are you on your way? What's what's the goal? <laughs> Come on, Andy. Who writes for a living? <laughs> uh, I mean, there's there's no. I mean, what I would say is, if I could write for a living, if I could move my family to some beautiful uh, destination, you know, somewhere in Paris, for example, and just type away for a few hours and then spend the rest of the day living my life, I would. But that's not the reality of it. Sure, sure. I make good part-time income now, and it took me about. I mean, if, if I count how many years I've been writing, probably a decade just to get to the point where I make part-time income, and I'm not sure how long that's going to last. But, uh, but but is the goal? I mean, you you enjoy it a lot, so I mean, even if I it's do enjoy it, life, but yeah. Andy, I'm a writer. I don't have goals. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man! Like, I. I, I write, you know, because I like it. There and I've been fortunate enough to find a niche and make a little bit of money. But I have a full-time day job. Well, there you go. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm on the same boat, my friend. So, uh, sure. So um, do you have any advice for people that are looking to hone their skills in writing or, or even just in, infuse a little bit of humor in what they do? Uh, you know, I would say uh, the what really comes between a lot of writers and success is writing. 
Um, it's, it's great. Like the, the act of actually writing, uh, I like to have say I have written rather than actually write it. It can be tedious and exhausting and it can take and writer's block is terrible and it takes a while and there's all this like insecurity and, and, and you suck and yada, yada, yada. Um, you got to plow through all that crap and you got to carve over time in your life. I mean, I get up five, six o'clock in the morning and write every day. Um, and that has been the best thing that I ever did for my writing was to just write every day. And uh, the other thing I would say, get really used to, to rejection. Um, I have been, you know, right now I'm at a point where like, I'm, I don't say I'm like famous or anything. I'm Googleable. Like if you Google my name, something will come up and that's a good place to be at the moment. But uh, I've been rejected by literally, I'm sure it's in the thousands between um, smaller publications, larger publications and, and large book publishers. Well, sometimes that's no that's how you know you're getting somewhere though with all the rejections you get some uh, get some opportunity to learn from it and and keep being successful like you have been so so the, surprisingly optimistic Andy well that you know what uh, I, I think that, I think that's maybe my brand maybe I need to work on that a little bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so you use the uh, the wife and the kids quite a bit uh, in the articles and the in the on the site um, can I ask how you met your your lovely wife? My wife, well, uh, we worked at uh, Lowe's Home Improvement Warehouse. I'm not sure if they made it over your way. Or oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, we both worked in the gardening department. And I was the gardening uh, assistant manager. Uh, I, had a, I had a vest. And uh, she was the, the <laughs> gardening uh, specialist. And she did not have a vest. But technically, we were uh, management and we weren't allowed to date. And at the time, I was dating a, a girl in, I think she was in electrical, and we'd been together for some time, and she was dating some guy in Idaho, and we would complain about the people we were dating. <laughs> and, uh, and the girl in electrical left me for a guy in hardware. And This sounds like a sitcom. It was terrible. And so then I dated this cashier, and that didn't go over well. And then it got to the point where, like, I couldn't use the restroom because the cashiers all hated me and the people in hardware and tools and, and, and electrical hated me. And sandwiched between those departments was the, the restroom. And every time I walked over there, people would, like, glare at me. And so I ended up going pee in the pocket plants. Um, <laughs> I don't know how, what, the, what the syndication is with this, Andy, but that's where it, where it happened. And, uh, and I said I'd never date somebody from work. And then one day – you know, Mel asked me if I would help her move her things uh, to a new apartment, and we and we we made out. And uh, now it's you know twelve years later, and we have kids. No, thirteen years, I guess. Awesome, awesome. I, I will. Um, uh, the next time I go pick up some plywood, I will definitely be looking at Lowe's in a completely different way. Now, I think you should really, really think twice before you get those potted plants. Right? Yes, absolutely, especially the uh, the plant department. Absolutely. Yes, sir. <laughs> So, so with the craziness of uh, kids, work, full time, part time, life, how do you guys continue to keep the uh, the the, the make out spark uh, twelve years later? <laughs> how do we keep the love alive? Keep Andy? the love Is alive, my friend. Ask me right now. Yeah, I uh, well, um, you know, so my wife just finished school, just finished her degree, um, and now she works, and I work two jobs with writing, and then we got kids and soccer and all that stuff. <laughs> But you know what? I mean, to be honest, Andy, it's with with the internet and technology. It's really not that hard 
to continue to show the person that you love that you love them. Um, we text each other throughout the day, you know, discussing this or that. A lot of times it's just an I love you text or a selfie. Um, uh, you know, flowers, to send my wife flowers, it's like a couple of clicks from my, my computer. Um, it's not hard to do that. And uh, I do that regularly. We call each other. Um, we go out. We try to go out at least once a month. There are some people in our church that we go to that we uh, alternate watching kids so that we can get dates out. Um, I mean, Andy, love is a verb, you know? And it took me a long time to realize that, that it's not like you fall in love and you take your hands off the wheel. Um, I had to really learn. Um, and this was part of that 40% we were talking about. Um, it took me a while to figure it out how to, how to show my wife love and how to view life and love as actions. And I see that with my kids as well. So yeah, that's what it is. It's being just consciously aware and using the resources around me to make sure I, that she knows that I, I'm there and I love her. That's incredible, man. I love that. I'm going to uh, steal that line, love is a verb, and actually uh, put it into action myself. So, so <laughs> to, to your point um, about raising kids and then having them see that love between the two of you guys, um, I've always tried to live by the saying of more is caught than taught. So sure. uh, it, how, how, do your kids react to your love that you show for your wife and, and how, is that, how has that changed your uh, parenting style? Um, I would say I know, I hope they do. Uh, I, I never, you know, my father died divorcing his fourth wife. Um, my mother's on her third marriage, both, and my you know dad's parents, I mean, even back when they were, you know, in the fifties, I mean, they were on their second marriage. I mean, it's a lot of multiple marriages. And, um, I think that was something that I missed growing up was seeing my father show, uh, my mother affection. Um, and I think my children, I sure hope they notice it. And I think they do like, we'll go to the store, you know, like go to the grocery store and they see flowers and like, Oh, you can buy mom flowers. And then, you know, I'm like, yeah, sure. And then, you know, they like to give them to them, give them to her. I mean, I, I try very hard to make sure that when I show affection to my wife, that the children see it because I want, I want my son to know how to treat the woman that he loves. And I want my daughters to expect, um, and know how to, they should expect to be treated and how to be reciprocal. Um, and I think demonstrating that is huge. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I'm pretty confident that they dig it. That's incredible, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, so, so the kids, uh, tell me about the kids a little bit. I know you talked a little bit about them in the intro, but, uh, uh, names, ages, uh, are you guys going to go for number four? <laughs> uh, no, no. Steps have been taken, Andy. Oh, good, good, good. Snip, snip. And it was, ooh. <laughs> you know, they say, I mean, a lot of men complain about the vasectomy, and I'm not going to lie. It's not the best. <laughs> but I also saw my wife go through three cesareans and not even on par. Like, it was terrifying watching my wife give birth. Uh, it was like seen from Alien. I, I I will never ever watch. I stopped watching after the first. That was all I needed. Yeah, I don't think we can put, can complain about any sort of pain whatsoever in our lives based on uh, uh, our our wives going through that. <laughs> uh, no, it's disgusting. It's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. The miracle of birth is not a miracle. It's disgusting. I mean, it's a miracle in the fact that you have children, and that's great. But the actual moment of it, ooh. It's horrifying. Uh, Absolutely. So, uh, no, no four, uh, but we do have, uh, so my son, like I said, is nine and he is, uh, he's really into, well, he was really into Minecraft, but he's kind of hard to keep a beat on. And now he's into some 
game called is it Deteria? Does that sound right to you? I have no idea, but I'm sure I'm going to learn about it soon. My 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 daughter's super into Pokemon Go right now, and all of the old nineteen whatever nineteen late nineteen nineties Pokemon episodes. Oh, so sure. I'm learning quite a bit there. We're there too. In fact, I gave my son. Uh, my old cell phone so that he could play Pokemon Go because it was the only thing that got him out walking around the neighborhood. It was fast. Hey, it, it actually works. You, I, and we sort of set that rule like, okay, you can play it, but we got to go for a walk. You got to get outside. So, hey, it works. Fabulous. But he is, he does play soccer and he's into that. Um, but he, for the most part, he's just a good kid. Goes to school. He's funny. He's kind of lippy. Um, a little lazy for my taste, but he is, he's a really good kid and, and, uh, funny. Um, you know, seems to have friends, uh, I think he might have a girlfriend, but I'm not allowed to say that on this uh, show. So don't let him hear that. I'll be sure to mute it. <laughs> Please do. And then um, my daughter, Nora, is is so – she's seven and she's really small and really cute and super manipulative uh, to me. Like I will like fall into her traps and it will be a good day later. And I'm like, oh, she got me again. <laughs> you know? Uh <laughs> But she is very cute and and very sweet, really into Disney princesses and all the girls. She's very, very girly. And then we have the little caboose, uh, Aspen, who is two, and she is is just absolutely insane. Um, Worst toddler we've ever had. And I love her. Like I think she is so funny, but she's so freaking weird. Um, and toddlers are weird, but this kid, like, like she's into kitty kisses. So she'll just walk up to you randomly and lick your face. Um, and like we took her trick or treating and she was like a baby tiger and it was adorable. And she would just run in people's houses and we'd have to follow her into the house and drag her out. Um, but she is literally, if you can imagine raising a wild raccoon, that's what it's like with my two year old right now. Excellent. So it's, they sound like they carry a little bit of the humor that dad has, it sounds. I hope so. <laughs> once they start reading the stuff I've been writing, uh, they're going to need some humor. Absolutely. So we're, we're uh, my wife and I have two, and they're under the age of four right now. We're on the fence for three. What advice do you have for those out there who are considering making the jump from two to three? From two to three? You know, one to two is easy. Like, it really wasn't that big of a difference. But two to three, uh, I mean, they say they out. out you know, they, they outnumber you, but they do. It's pretty, it's pretty intense. And they, uh, but, um, for the most part, uh, I would just say, you know, if you're going from two to three, you know, just do it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's all, I mean, you kind of know the ropes and what's going on and the older kids seem to really go after the younger ones and that's cool. Just a step Um, above insanity that it already is probably. Yeah, sure. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what's the difference? (laughs) Exactly. So, um, what, so all of the articles that you've written, the, 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 the stories that you've told, what, what one or uh, has a st- stood out the most to yours as maybe the most popular that you've had out there? Well, I mean, I guess, you know, there's a couple that come up a lot. The one that really, that really hit home was the one, uh, you know, I used to blame my wife for my messy house. I was wrong for many reasons. Uh, and that was published in the Washington post. I, I did not pick that title. Uh, they just, they'll do that sometimes you send out something to a publisher and they'll just change the title and, and many other things and you just roll with it. Um, but that one did, uh, go pretty viral and I ended up doing a lot of radio interviews and, and ended up on good morning America. Um, it's not my favorite essay, but it seems to be one that comes up a lot. Um, and then the other one is one I, I published a while back. Um, that's uh, The Seven Stupidest 
parent or seven stupidest questions I've heard about my baby, I think is what it was called. And that was something I wrote really tired, just kind of uh, was very snarky and irritated after Aspen was born and some of the stupid questions you get. And then that one came up a lot. That was on Scary Mommy. And that was, you know, shared, I don't know, however many hundreds of thousands of times. Oh, that's great. So is this, I think I read this one. Is this the one where uh, the unsolicited advice comes from, yeah. from people? Yes. I, yeah. I completely agree with that as well. <laughs> well, cool. So, um, so I guess for, uh, I had a question for you as we're wrapping this up, the, for the dads out there that are having a tough time juggling marriage, kids, you know, their opportunity with maybe being an entrepreneur, um, what advice do you have for them? Oh, I just, I don't know, man, get up every day. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I have some great advice, uh, you know, love your wife. I think that's, you know, the love, the, the mother of your children. If you love the mother of your children and, and she loves you, um, it will work out. That's, that's perfect advice. Thank you. Uh, so your book, your site, uh, your ability to put these words together and make people laugh, I feel is a, a true gift. So thank you for giving that to everybody and me. And uh, thanks a lot for being on the show today. What, where can people find you? Where can people follow you? Where's the best place to, to find Clint Edwards? Sure. Yeah. The best place right now is just good old Facebook. Um, you can find me. It's no idea what I'm doing. A daddy blog. If you Google it, it'll come up. Um, getting, you know, good amount of following there. And that seems to be a lot of stuff I just post directly on there. I also, you know, anything I publish in other publications, you know, filters its way there. Um, and you can read a lot of my work at by Clint at by Clint. Is it by Clint or by ClintEdwards.com? Yes. No idea what I'm doing in daddy blog. Google it. It will come up. I'm on Twitter. Um, uh, I tweet, uh, which used to make me sound young and cool, but it doesn't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, like you said, you're Googleable, so it'll be easy for people to find yeah, you. Yeah, just Clint Google, Google Clint Edwards. Uh, definitely pick up my book. Uh, I think it's a good. I think it's good. People seem to enjoy it, and you know, I think it's like two fifty or three bucks online. I mean, you spend that on tacos. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's at least half as inspirational as the Bible. So what do you got to lose? You know? <laughs> bonus, bonus. Well, <laughs> well, thanks again, man. I really appreciate you uh, spending time with us today and uh, hope we can stay in touch. Sure. Great talking to you, Andy. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I really hope you guys enjoyed that chat with Clint Edwards. Uh, I absolutely uh, really admired when he said that love is a verb. It got me thinking a lot about how I can take more action with my love for my wife, Nicole. I think a lot of the time as men, we channel our love into our work. If we're working hard at our jobs and our careers and providing financially for the family, that's how we show our love. And I think that's okay and it's true, but what other actions can we have that make our spouse feel more love from us? I know I'm personally going to be working on that, and Clint, thanks so much for that advice. If you missed some of the resources or links mentioned in today's show, I've got you covered. I've included all the links in the show notes at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session three. If you like what you heard today and want to hear more, please subscribe to the podcast. I'm just getting started. Follow me on Twitter, Andy Hill, M-K-M. That's A-N-D-Y-H-I-L-L-M-K-M. I really appreciate any feedback you guys have. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Ralph Waldo Emerson. What you do speaks so loud that I cannot hear what you say. Let's take some action today. Carpe diem.